Hello, welcome to the Toy Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. It's the Age of Sigmar Stat Center where you can find out about event results and lists that have done well at Age of Sigmar tournaments happening at the weekend. I was away in Boston at the Everwinter GT, which will be the first event I cover last week, so I wasn't able to do last week's show. My apologies. But I'm back and I've covered them all, including this week where there was only one event at the weekend. So, um, we're going to get into it. I'm joined by the Twitch chat. You can go check it out here. Yeah, I'm really hoping at some point, really hoping at some point, we see like six chariots do well. I don't assume we will, but it would be cool to see six chariots do really well. You know, like six Stormstrike chariots because they're just really decent. Um, and then we're going to be looking at all these events and uh, and looking at the list. If you'd like to support the show, obviously there's Patreon and all those other things. That'd be really great. Uh, or leave some comments. Just like be like, I love that list. Or I can't believe he did that list. Or, oh my God, Iron Blasters, etc etc. If you listen to a podcast, stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay well, and Merry Holidays, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, all those other words to everyone. Let's get into it. The first event we're going to look at is the Everwinter Grand Tournament held in Boston, Massachusetts. It's been held by the Wicked Dicey Gaming Club. They're obviously locals to Boston. I think they're called Bostonians, uh, and they're wicked smart. Great intro. Love that. Uh, anyway, you can get a load of their merch on um, on Amazon. And as you can see, uh, based on Dunkin' Donuts, because that's uh, Boston is where Dunkin' Donuts came from, if anyone's a Dunkin' Donuts fan. On Thursday night, I went for dinner with a bunch of the Wicked Dicey people. And they said to me, Rob, we've got a local called Anthony Lawrence, and he is going to take out the event. And I said, lads, everyone thinks that their local person is like the best Warhammer player available. That's just what everyone thinks. They're like, there's no way you can beat him. He's my guy. But three days later, a root canal surgery and a terrible performance from me, lo and behold, Anthony Lawrence of the Wicked Dicey crew went 5-0 and he ended up winning the event. So congratulations to him. Uh, in the 5-0 bracket, we've got Anthony Lawrence with Soul Black Grave Lords, Jacob Brandon with Skaven and Lucas McConnell. And he was running uh, Daughters of Cain. Now, actually, really fun thing that we get to talk about here is that these three armies are wildly different to some of the armies we've seen previously. And there's a nice diverse mix in that top bracket at this 95-person event. So love that. We love that. Like, honestly, the last season... Um, uh, it was getting a little bit boring. And at some points, it has become a bit boring with the Incarnate, reading out these lists or looking at these lists for what's doing well. But nice, diverse little list at the top is super fun. And we're really happy with that. Um, right, so... Doors of Cain. Oh, no. First up, the Soulbright Grave Lords list that won the event was Castelli Dynasty, and uh, he had a Coven Throne, Neferata, Kado Ezekar, the Hollow King, uh, and then a Necromancer. So the Coven Throne is going to be giving you plus one to hit, plus one to wound, and plus one save as a command ability out. Uh, and I would, would be unsurprised if that wasn't going on in the unit of Blood Knights. Neferata, who's a great wizard, has also got the ability to make it so you have an unrendable unit. So you're going to have... A, so um, you can't apply negative modifiers to the save roll. So Blood Knights are going to be on a two-up armor save, just whomping around fighting. Two units of 10 Death Rattle Skeletons, which are in Unmatched Conquerors, they're going to count as 30 on an objective. Two units of five Blood Knights, which along with... Sorry, two units of five Black Knights, which in conjunction with the Blood Knights, are um, Bounty Hunters, so they're going to do an extra damage versus Battle Line Galician Veterans. And then a big unit of Grave Guard, uh, and then Chronomantic Cogs. So obviously the Necromancers can make the Grave Guard pile in and attack twice, which is super scary, especially again if they give the Coven Throne buff to it, which is really, really solid. Just all over a very great list for holding a bunch of objectives. But 
and this is important, not a list, not a list that always, always does super well. It's not necessarily on meta. It's generally a 4-1 army, uh, like 3-2-4-1 for the Soulbright Gravelords. Seeing them at the 5-0 bracket at a big event is really exciting. So super happy for Anthony there, uh, and he should be super chuffed with that performance. Um, Jacob Brandon... Jacob Brandon. Now, Jacob, we saw play at Summer Slaughter with his Skaven. I got a chance to talk to him about his list. He's been trying really hard with his list at loads of different events over the past year or so, or at least his GHB. And one of the things he's been really working towards is just getting that 5-0. And he's just ground it out time after time with a bunch of 4-1s. And he told me, he's like, Some, sometimes the spells I need just don't go off. They just don't happen. And therefore, I don't get that little play. I don't get that little trick. I don't get that alpha strike that I'm going for. And then everything goes wrong and it all falls apart. So that's what he told me. Uh, what's in the list? Uh, Vermilord Deceiver with the Shadow Magnet Trinket and the Spell the Flaming Weapons. And then the Vermilord Warbringer uh, with the Command Trait Devious Adversary and then the Rust Cursed Armor. And then a Plague Priest, two lots of 20 Clan Rats, 15 Gutter Runners as battle line, and then two and then two more units of five Gutter Runners, and then two units of three Warp Lock Gisales. So the Gisales are just your wish.com version of Long Strikes. Thanks, chat, for the joke there. Uh, the Gutter Runners are going to Deep Strike, effectively, and they're going to shoot at probably some characters to take out a lot of your synergy in your army, or maybe just start whittling down a big monster, I, any of those things um, and they're pretty devastating uh, the gutter runners uh, and then you've also got um, the Vermilor Deceiver who can teleport in um, with his spell and the Vermilor Warbringer who's got fight on death this is all really important as well he, he was able to beat Tom Guan uh, with his Iron Blaster list, so three Iron Blasters and two Stonehorns, um, to get to the 5-0 bracket. So that's pretty exciting for him uh, because not only was that a massive win, round five, that's also, that's also, oh, was it round four? No, I think it was round five. It's a massive win, round five, but also it's up against an absolutely solid, uh, solid list. Absolutely solid list. And then finally... Everwin. Uh, so finally, we've got Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood. Uh, two units. So this is uh, this is our uh, sorry. This is Lucas McConnell. Lucas with a very very kind of off meta Daughters of Cain list. I think he was playing them as mainly goblins, which is quite fun. Um, uh, and then we've got High Qu Queen on Cauldron of Blood. Two units of High Gladiatrixes. Uh, so they're the characters. There's there's a lot to say about what they do, but effectively they mean that the Witch Elves can be hitting on twos and wounding on twos. They can be up to Ren two in this list as well. And he's got two units of 20 Witch Elves and a unit of 30 Witch Elves, all in Bounty Hunters. One unit of Doomfire Warlocks, two units of five Heartrenders, and then two Stormstrike Chariots. So the Stormstrike Chariots are going to do mortal wounds when they charge in. And they're actually low-key great linchpin units for like pinning your opponent back, stopping some charges, screening, and doing some pretty solid damage. He's got the Endless Invocation, uh, the Heart of Fury, which makes uh, units within nine inches or models within nine inches minus one to damage, like Thunder lizard so from from two to one or three to two uh which is really really good for their survivability as well with the cauldron of blood obviously giving them that that plus one save aura from their their shield so yeah uh, overall like uh, a lot of wounds but also a incredible amount of output um and then the heart renders for achieving battle tactics really early um which is really nice and storm strike chariots even for like early trades storm strike chariot you just drop a unit of storm strike chariots on an objective your opponent has to take it off you counter charge with your Witch Elves. Uh, I like that. Maybe even do the same with the Doomfire Warlocks, right? Um, and then, uh, that's everything in the 5-0 bracket. Let's go look at the 4-1s. 
Looking at the 4-1 bracket, it's a who's who's of who's who of Age of Sigmar in the American Northwest. East. Northeast. Sorry, apologies. Uh, okay, so here we go. Right, we've got in uh, the top of the 4-1 bracket is Nate Trentinelli. Do I want a t-shirt design with me and him in a hot tub? The answer is yes. Yeah, what was he running? He was running Nighthaunt. What was it in his Nighthaunt list? He was running Scarlet Doom, a Cruel Gas Cruciator, two Spirit Torments, one of whom had the Master of Magic Arcane Tome combo. He then had two units of 20 Blade Geist Revenants, two units of five Hex Wraiths for like pre-game moving and blocking your opponent from moving out their deployment. Nine Spirit Hosts as a single unit, two units of 10 Chain Resps. Now this has become a kind of uh, Nate um, like TM build. The Nine Spirit Hosts, no one else I've really seen do it. Uh, this is his thing. They're bodyguarding those characters who are helping support the rest of the army so significantly. And the Blazer Guys Revenants are doing what they do and murdering the opponent. Real easy. And he's got a bunch of uh, smaller units for just doing uh, like uh, multi-charges for like obviously debuffing your opponent every successful charge into a unit uh, by the Retreat and Charge Nighthorn Army. Uh, does really well there. He's also got Bounty Hunters and Expert Conquerors in there as well. So he's just capping objectives and doing all sorts of really fun stuff. Right? So love that. Love that for him. All right. So then uh, in... Um, Next place, Jiwan no Jeevan Noah Singh, uh, one of my very good personal friends, and just as is Nate, I hope I already hope I'm friends with Nate. I know I'm friends with Noah. Uh, he was running um, thirty Zangor, some characters, uh, uh, Rashnax. Um, he was running Beasts of Chaos, uh, and he also had two lots of six Zangor Enlightened and three Zangor Enlightened. Uh, absolutely baller list. Um, uh, so yeah, just really, really rock solid. Uh, so in there, John Anderson from the Georgia Warband. I've been told specifically by John to shout at everyone in Georgia uh, who plays Warhammer over there. Uh, Georgia crew, just let you know, I'm coming over one time. We're all hitting Waffle House at 3 a.m. and we're going to play Warhammer in the Waffle House. If you don't believe me, you'll see me there next year in Georgia playing Warhammer in the Waffle House at 3 a.m. Um, not a Waffle House, the Waffle House. You know that which one I mean. Uh, John was running a Lumineth Realm Lords list, uh, and he was running, again, we, it's going to be a bit of a theme, and it's been a bit of a theme for the past few weeks. Lumineth Realm Lords, Yometrica, Teclis, Enlightener, and a Stone Mage. Then uh, 10 Stone Guard, 1, 2, 3, 4 units of 5 Stone Guard, Umbral Spell Portal and Ravenax Gnashing Jaws. Now, the Spell Portal, I think, is very useful on Techlist. I'm surprised in some lists I haven't seen it on them. Uh, the Enlightener, obviously, uh, being able to cast that spell um, is pretty good, especially uh, for maybe like a teleport uh, and then drop in uh, the, um, oh, what's it called? The Rune of Petrification. Although, obviously, he didn't have that in this list and instead has Ravenax, which I think is uh, really, really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, John trying his hardest um, and hitting the 4-1 bracket, but big love to him. Matt Beasley. I got to spend, me and Matt Beasley spent over an hour and a half talking about every Zinch artifact and unit on Saturday night. I felt very privileged to get the opportunity to talk to Matt um, about this. He went 4-1. Uh, we had a really good conversation about different Zinch stuff and, and what we think. I really like his list. Don't forget, he's off the back of a 5-0 recently, uh, potentially, uh, with Zinch. Um, uh, and he was running Kairos, a Fluxmaster. This is all in Host Arcanum and a Magister on Disc of Zinch. Uh, then he had 10 Horrors, 6 Screamers, 10 Karak Acolytes, a Mutath Vortex Beast, 
and the Burning Sigils each. He then had six Zangor Enlightened on Discus each and the ten Angor Raiders. The trick here is the Angor Raiders have got a pre-game move, meaning you can use the Burning Sigil from your own army to proc and then potentially produce spawn in your opponent's territory, which means uh, that you're going to be able to potentially move block your opponent, which is a very clever little trick. I really, really like that. I think that's quite fun as well. The six Screamers is an interesting choice, as opposed to two units of three, um, and all of this was in a battle red, so it's a one drop. Uh, so yeah, very fun. Uh, Gavin... Um, Griger, yeah, Rob's Tooth, uh, Gavin, uh, just just the shit stirrer. That's what they call him. That's what they call him, Gavin the shit stirrer. Just fucking just doing this. Um, he was running. Uh, he was running Doors of Cain, wasn't he? Yeah, he was running Doors of Cain. I'm pretty certain. In fact, actually, have I forgotten this? No, he wasn't running Seraphon. I'm sure we talked about this. Uh, yeah, he was running Doors of Cain, uh, Marathi, and the Bow Snakes with some Fight Snakes and some heart renders uh, in the list. Uh, listen, it's a good list. Try your hardest to get them uh, big scores with it. It's a good It's a good chance. Um, so then, uh, Adam uh, Weinstein. Uh, yes, Adam was running... Uh, sorry, just double-check this for a moment. Uh, was running... Uh, yes, Adam Adam was running the Glockin, Orgots, Morbidex, and Blob, and then three... Um, uh, three single uh, beasts of Nurgle, so four massive characters, uh, all who are monsters for going grabbing objectives, all who have five award saves, once per game, kind of four award save, like you know all that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, he put an extra extra feculent Narmor in his list, um, so that might be an issue. Um, but I think he got resolved at the event, so there we go, and he ended up four one. Um, then we had Carl Ong from the Tough Crowd, so. Uh, B's up, C's down for Carl. Uh, <laughs> he was running uh, Barrack Zilfin, Aether Chemist, an Aether Chemist, a Navigator, and an Admiral. Three lots of 10 Arconaut Company, 10 Thunderers, and then two Ironclads with the Purple Sun. So the Purple Sun, obviously, he pregame moves, he drops the Purple Sun in his opponent's army. Sometimes he just kills stuff with the Purple Sun, uh, rolls a one and just deletes some things. But sometimes, he, he mainly, he just makes everything minus one, uh, armor because of the um, because of the aura coming out of the purple sun, which makes all of his guns rend too. Also, he was using a lot. He was using a lot of um, uh, Team America dice, which are highly suspicious. Highly, highly suspicious. Uh, also, Carl um, did really well at the event because he had a natural uh, like battlefield advantage. Most people don't know this, uh, but the event, uh, the the tables at Everwinter were what I would describe as on the smaller side. They were quite low down. Carl had a obvious natural advantage as the territory suited him being more of a kind of like um, uh, his center of gravity being more orientated towards the lower half of the, of the earth. Um, he's very small is my point. That's my joke. <laughs> Bill Souza was running Nighthorn. Uh, I got to play next to Bill for one game. Bill was running Souza. Uh, Bill was Bill suffering from bad back all weekend because of the tables. Uh, just FYI, I think actually he stepped off a curb is what he was actually doing. Um, he is a short king. Uh, listen, I don't, I'm not saying he's not a king. Carl's definitely a king, or Baal is definitely a king. But uh, what was he running? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, he was running some Nighthorn, and he had a load of. Uh, let me just find the list. No, not that. Not that. 
Uh, yeah, this is it. Um, Scarlet Doom. He had Red Blade Harrow, a Cruel Gas Cruciator, three Spirit Hosts, two lots of 20 Blade Guys Revenants, and then five units of Hex Wraiths, um, and then a Battle Reg and Expert Conquerors. So uh, the Expert Conquerors were his unit of Blade Guys Revenants. So the Hex Wraiths just got this amazing ability to pregame move up the board and just stop your opponent from moving out of their territory. Grab a bunch of objectives, make it so your opponent can't fight their way out, you win. If they do finally fight their way out, Blade Geist Revenants charge in, do a bunch of damage. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got an amazingly effective army. Really cool. We've seen this played in the UK a few times as well. Hex Race are wildly fast. Um, and then the rest of the army moves into the midboard and then fights uh, the rest of the army. Just so good. Just super, super good. Uh, and played by uh, a babe and a genius. I was lucky enough, actually, on the, um, on the Friday night, Bill and... Uh, Bill and Tom did a seminar about how they play games, um, how they like to play, uh, thoughts and stuff. There's some really interesting stuff in there that genuinely I hadn't encountered or thought through either, which I thought was some really good advice, really worth going to. If he does do another one, uh, I would encourage people to go to it. It was a real fun Q&A session. There's about 20 people in there. It went on for about two hours. We all chatted about just games, what we thought, how we did stuff. It was a little bit of a problem because we just kept bringing up Iron Blasters, it's pretty much a no-brainer at that point. Um, it would have been nice to have maybe had this conversation three months ago, but I guess you always have the conversation during the the, the current meta. Uh, so that was a, a real fun. Talking about Tom, uh, Guan, uh, Tom went 4-1. Uh, he was running his uh, Ogres. And as we know, well, actually, if we just take a moment, uh, Travis, who's also in this list, so Travis Pearson from the Wicked Dicey crew, love Travis, by the way, uh, was running uh, Tom's first version of his Ogre list, which was... Um, let me just find it. Do I even need to find it? I know off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, just so you know, it is... Let me just show you. Um, it's Underguts for Ogremore Tribes. It's four Iron Blasters, a unit of Noblars, three units of four Lead Belchers, and then a Butcher and a Frostal and Stonehorn. The Frostal and Stonehorn having the Rockmain Eldar um, uh, Mount Trait and the Butcher having... Um, Gruesome trophy rat for plus one to hit and plus so plus one to hit against monsters and heroes for his iron blasters and lead belchers. Uh, so just really, really effective, uh, which is quite interesting because then he ended up playing up against. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, let me deal with that in a minute. Thank you to Mary Rufmus, whoever that was. Wow, thank you. Um, let me come back to that. Uh, the he he, he played. <sighs> Someone just donated £100 to the show and it's completely thrown me off. So if you listen to the podcast, appreciate you. Hope you're well. If you listen to this on YouTube, thanks very much. Please do like and subscribe, I guess. Um, that would be great. But that's because our roof was leaking and we had to fix it and someone's helped uh, pay for the roof fix. So thanks. That's, uh, you're, yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, no, my point is, uh, Tom then uh, iterated uh, from what Travis did. So, th um, uh, uh, Mr. Wormwood, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, Travis Pearson, oh, subscribing for the first time. Let's go. Uh, Travis running like the first iteration of Tom's list. Uh, Travis still going 4 1. Shout out to him. Uh, Tom then ran an, his new iteration. So, if you want to know what's hot in Ogre More Tribes at the moment, uh, then it's a Frostlord and Stonehorn with the. Uh, hold on. No, it's not that. It is basically two Frost Lords and three Iron Blasters uh, is what it currently is. So if that's what you want to try and beat, it's Frost Lord and Stonehorn, Icebrow Hunter, and a Frost Lord and Stonehorn. Your battle line is Frost Sabres, 
and then three iron blasters, and then two units of 20 noblars for a screen. So you still got the noblars, but you don't have any of the lead belchers, and instead you've just got the frost sabers as your battle line with the icebrow hunter. And then that lets you get in two Frost Lords on Stonehorn, one who's a wizard with the Arcane Tome, um, and then the spell Ghost Mist, uh, and he's the Rock Main Eldar. So it's interesting he went for Ghost Mist, which makes a line of sight, um, uh, makes a piece of terrain ignore, uh, sorry, it makes a piece of terrain line of sight blocking, as opposed to Flaming Weapons, which would have made him more killy. So he's chosen a utility piece for survivability versus going for more output on the Frostlorn on Stonehorn. Then the Icebrow Hunter, uh, and then another Frostlorn on Stonehorn with a Metal Cruncher, and then three Iron Blasters, um, the Twain Noblars, and this is all in Boulder Head. Really fun list. Really fun, super cool, um, outrageously powerful. Like, just very, very good stuff. Uh, and the Noblars. And I am too amazed that they did not uh, address the Iron Blasters or the Noblars uh, in the latest FAQ. Um, then you have uh, Ryan, um, uh, Bill, Ryan. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't done Ryan's list. Uh, Ryan also went 4-1, so shout out to Ryan. Uh, yeah, he was having 18-minute games. Yeah, he was having games. Uh, I think Tom played one game that went for... No, Tom played two games that went over an hour that weekend. Outrageously fast. Um, Ryan was playing Blobe, Lord of Afflictions, Festus, and Orgots. Then a unit of Plague Drones, a unit of Puskal Blight Lords, and a unit of Plague Drones again. So all min units. And then a unit of Rotmire Creed, Nurglings, and Furies. So really just thinking it through here. Blobe and Lord of Afflictions. Um, Lord of Afflictions with Overpowering Stench as well. And the Split Horn Helm. So he's going to be turning off command abilities in Aura. And Split Horn Helm is going to give him that four at ward save. Um, so just super survivable and shutting your opponent down. Scoring lots. He's also got Orgots, Demon Spew, uh, and Blobe. So two of the Magoth Lords. The Magoth Lords have really been... Um, really been uh, stellar this season and I think they'll continue to be so uh, just because their survivability plus heals is really effective on them because they have the locus uh, of fecundity where they'll end up healing D3. You pair that up with other healing inside the book and also the heroic action for heal and you've just got units that can be nearly dead back to full life and they're really tough to chew through as well. Uh, Anthony Trentinelli from the Tough Crowd. Uh, Anthony Trentinelli uh, running, going 4-1 with Gits. This really deserves a massive shout-out, going 4-1 with Gits here. Um, he was trying his hardest. He was a bit gutted he didn't hit the 5-0 bracket. And, and I can absolutely see why, especially as he was doing so well. But 4-1 is still a fantastic feat, in my opinion. Uh, let me just go find the list. I've got a lot of, a lot of tabs open now. Um, I should just open them as I go. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, just for everyone, BCP has changed. So uh, now opening the list in order is a little bit problematic. Um, yeah, what what a legend 4-1 gets. He is a legend, Mr. Wormwood. Uh, Loom Boss, Madcap Shaman, Scragrot, and a Loom Boss on Mangler Squigs. Um, then 20 Shooters, two units of maxed out Squig Herd. So that's 36 Squig Herd, 72 wounds a unit. Um, and then two units of six Sneaky Snufflers and a Marsh Crawler Slogoth with a Scuttle and a spell. Battle Regiment and Expert Conquerors. The Squig Herd are in Expert Conquerors, so it was a four drop. Uh, now, the Squig Herd in this version of Age of Sigmar at the moment have a four up rally. So he's able to pop a bunch of dudes, get them back, and if you do finally kill them, if they haven't rallied so that you never kill them, you end up with 
the ability to get half of them back from the Loon Shrine. So when you have finally killed all 36, 18 will come back and they also can rally on a four up. You just keep recycling them and recycling them and it's really, really effective. Like, very, very effective. Um, with all the buffs you can get from the Snufflers to give them the extra attacks, um, Scragrot with his shooting, which is genuinely really good, and his casting um, is, is really good. The Moon for minus... Uh, uh, minus casting, just very, very solid. Uh, Christopher Schelling. Oh my God, I almost missed the Nuge. The Nuge was running Beasts of Chaos. Uh, he had uh, Gav Spawn. He had a Dragon Ogre Shagoth, Grashtrak Tooth. Uh, oh no, no, that's Noah's List. Oh, no, is this Noah's List? No, this isn't Noah's List. This is this is the Nuge's List. I got to hang out with the Nuge. Great, great human. Uh, Dragon Age Shagoth, uh, Grashrek Felhuth, Zangor Shaman, uh, 30 Zangor, 2 lots of Tengor, 2 lots of 6 Enlightened, and then Grashrek's Despoilers, and then the Ungor Raiders, and the Wildfire Taurus. Uh, so going 4-1 as well. So Beast, again, putting in a really solid performance there. Really happy for him. Uh, Christopher Schelling of Harambe's Heroes uh, was running... Let me just triple check. 4-1 uh, with Gits is amazing. 4-1 with Gits is amazing in this field. 4-1 with Gits is great anyway. 4-1 with Gits in this field is crazy. Um, and again, uh, shout out. And that was Anthony Trentinelli is who did it. Yeah. Uh, he was running Ogres, Christopher Schelling. He had Kragnos, a Butcher, and an Icebrow Hunter. The Icebrow Hunter being the general meant that he got three units of Frost Sabres. And then he had 20 Noblars and four Iron Blasters. So, Kragnos, four Iron Blasters. Okay, Kragnos goes forward. You've got to deal with him. And then four Iron Blasters are shooting you from the back of the board. Yeah, pretty effective is all I'm going to say. Pretty effective. So that was Christopher Schelling. And that's the end of the four ones from the Everwinter GT. I was lucky enough to get to go to the Everwinter GT. Uh, I went 3-2. It's pretty sad for me. I'm actually pretty disappointed in myself. But for another show and another conversation, uh, the atmosphere was great. Uh, the food was amazing. The hotel was wicked. Price support was really, really fantastic. The terrain was really nice. Um, if I have a complaint, is that it was a little it was a little tight, but they think they sold a lot of tickets, maybe more than they expected to. Um, and it was a really worthwhile uh, event to go to. You can go and follow the Wicked Dicey people uh, on a variety of different platforms. Um, you can go find Corey, and I'll include a link to all those below as well i know that they want to build up an even bigger tournament in the future they want next year and they want to do a bigger event next year and they want even more events in the year goes throw i don't know if any of you who are listening to the show are located near massachusetts or anywhere near boston um but that's a seems like a fairly easy place to get to there's a big airport right next to the uh event was at the hotel right next to the airport seemed good i had a wonderful time i would go again in a heartbeat um yeah just uh, and the and the people the people the atmosphere was great um it's quite like the uh, you know there's quite a lot of gaming clubs out there in the US now uh, obviously wicked dicey who ran the event then you got the tough crowd people who turned up as they do on mass um and there's really something to be said for that level of enthusiasm they were maybe it's just cuz they're american who knows? They were very loud, but I quite like that. Like some people don't like loud. I like loud. They were loud. They were fun. They were cheering people on. The person who won first place got the same level of applause and chanting that the person who got like third in painting got. Like they were, 
They were shouting from the rooftops. And I would like to say that I would like to see more of that. So if you have got an event soon, someone wins, can we get some like big rounds of applause, big shouts, big big cries? Because it was really impressive to see. I thought it was really fun. Um, also, a big shout out to the TO specifically, um, because they they just did a really, really great job of like dealing with some sensitive issues at some points. And I thought that they were like, been sure, uh, thoughtful uh, and kind. And I think actually sometimes that's hard to do when you're TOing because it's quite stressful. So uh, loads of love. Um, uh, and you, if you get the chance, uh, you should go. That's what I've got to say. Our next event takes us to sunny Spain, or lovely Spain, at the GT Bilbao. That's right. It was held here in this cafe. Yeah. In the lovely city of, oh, I forgot his name now. Damn it. I forgot his name. Some lovely city. Uh, it was the lovely city of uh, Bilbao. That's where, that's where it was. That's why it was called that. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, we had uh, 26 players play, uh, and this was a uh, larger event. Now, it, it was won, and the only 5-0 for the event was by <clears throat> Jesus de la Peña Fernandez. Thank you very much. Uh, and he was running a Lumina Throne Lords Yometrica army. Uh, Jesus, yes. Uh, <laughs> and he, he was running Yometrica. So they ignore the first two bits of rend in an army. Most armies don't have rend three. So that means they're effectively ignoring rend, which is wildly powerful. And then Teclis, for all of the spells that spell Teclis can cast, he knows all the spells. He's got a teleport. He's got a move twice. He's got... A plus CP spell. He's got some uh, amazing uh, output spells. He's got that five-up ward spell. Protection Texas is going to cast all the time. Then he's got the Stone Mage with the Unyielding Toughness and the Molten Talisman and then the spell Unbreakable Stoicism. So the Unyielding Toughness uh, means that he gets to pick a unit um, and they're going to count as having three wounds as opposed to two wounds until the next hero phase, meaning that a unit of Stone Guard are going to be even more tanky when they're on a four-up armor save, ignoring any rend. Uh, they can obviously take that down to a three-up armor save. Um, and then they also have got four-up against mortal wounds while they're co contesting an objective, which is really strong as well. Talking about Stone Guard, he's got a unit of five Stone Guard, a unit of ten Stone Guard, and another unit of ten Stone Guard. But he's got a cheeky unit of Tree Revenants as an ally, and then the Rune of Petrification, which just does amazing damage. I don't know how Rune of Petrification isn't in every single Luminous Realm Lords list. Its output is crazy. It pops off at the beginning and end of every movement phase. Four up D3 mortal wounds. Got a great casting range as well. Great range of effect. Just really, really effective. Just really, really good. Um, so yeah, well done to well done to Jesus and everyone at the Spanish event. Okay, let's look at the four ones. We've got some interesting players and lists in the four one category. Uh, Adrian Perez Canora uh, was running an ogre, more tribes army in underguts, a butcher, a frostal and stonehorn, three times four lead belchers, four iron blasters, and two units of noblars. Shout out to the Noblars uh, supporting the rest of the army. Some support Iron Blasters in there um, uh, with the uh, Command Trait Reluctant Rubble Rouser so that the, the Noblars don't run away. Iron Blasters obviously can shoot 30 inches at Ren 3. Lead Belchers can shoot 18 inches at Ren 2. Uh, and then the Butcher in there. And then the Stonehorn with the Rotmain Eldar. Uh, so yeah, definitely some uh, very similar Ogre lists doing very, very, very well. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> 
And then you've got Yavi Fernandez. He's actually brother of Jesus, who came first uh, to Fernandez's uh, playing here. So the two brothers, uh, both from DKHM Wargaming Club. Uh, he was running Silverneth. Yeah, he was running Silverneth. Uh, and he was playing Heartwood. He had a True Lord Ancient and the Versible Gem with the Verdant Blessing. He had a Warsong Revenant and he had the Battle Mage. Then he had six Kurnoth Hunters with Scythes, a unit of Tree Revenants, a unit of Tree Revenants, and then the Spike Rider Lancers, a unit of six of those as well. So he has a unit he can teleport in uh, with the uh, Spite Swarm Hive and the Horogast. If he wants to, he can summon that wood with the Tree Lord Ancient, which seems very important to the Silverneth players. Drop the wood out, teleport over, do the fight and teleport away. Seems really key. Uh, so really cool to see that in effect uh, and going for one. Then uh, we've got Juanmar Alonso, and he was running Nighthaunt, the Quicksilver Dead, which means he was running a bunch of Haradins, uh, mainly made famous by Lex over in the Netherlands, where the Dutch live. Uh, he's got a Krugas Crusader, a Spirit Torment, a Guardian of Souls, and a Lady Alinda. And then he had a unit of nine Spirit Hosts, so maybe getting some inspiration from uh, Nate over in the USA. Uh, protecting Lady Alinda and all of his characters. Krugas Crusader obviously reducing damage down by one to a minimum of one. Spirit Torment returning uh, slain models. Uh, Guardian of Souls uh, with the Midnight Tome and the spell Shade Mist. Um, and then 20 Dreadside Haradins, two lots of 10 Haradins and nine Spirit Hosts. He's also got the Purple Sun and the Mimron Banshees. Purple Sun really good in Nighthaunt uh, because obviously the uh, the minus one to your save doesn't affect the Nighthaunt army. So it does affect your opponent's army. So you can fight with it you can fight close to your opponent with it, which I think is uh, really, uh, really, really fun. Uh, so yeah, shout out to um, Juanma Alonso, who's actually uh, the brother of the famous Alonso F1 driver. Some people don't know that. Uh, so that's cool to see. And then Adrian Betis Ballerin, uh, was running Disciples of Zinch. He had, he was playing it all in host duplicitous, so you can't retreat from units over 10 models. He had the Cursling, a Fluxmaster, Kairos, Magistron Disc, and a Magistron Foot, and they had a Great Bray Shaman. Then two lots of 10 uh, Horrors of Zinch, a unit of 10 Karak Acolytes, with the Chronomantic Cogs, Demonic Simulacrum, and the Umbral Spell Portal. So he's definitely going for a summoning build here. You can, you can very comfortably summon, probably get 15 or so fate points with this list, uh, very simply, and he can use the Magister uh, to potentially do through the spell portal uh, the uh, spell which will do D3 more wounds and summon a spawn which is really good for like just pinning your opponent down or if not just doing Kairos' um, uh, spell through the portal so use snipe characters which is super powerful as well anyway the Spanish event looks like a really fun event uh, the Spanish community seemed like a really fun group of people um, if you get the opportunity to go over there I got to meet the Spanish team at Worlds they were super nice uh, if you'd like to find out more about Spanish events then there's the DKHM Twitter account um, who you can message a message if you'd like to go over to Spain and play Warhammer that'd be really fun uh, shout out to everyone in Spain I hope you had a great time and see you soon our next event was in Northern Ireland, organized by the Exploding Dice Gaming Club over in Northern Ireland. Uh, it had twenty, it had eighteen players, uh, and it was located. Oh no, that's that's Spain. It was located here at the Exploding Dice Club in Bangor. Uh, that top table above, uh, sorry, that top uh, floor above the estate agent. So there it is. So if you ever want to go uh, hang out there, if you're from Bangor or Northern Ireland or even the UK and you want to fly over, well, I mean England or Scotland or something or Wales and you want to fly over and go hang out, I'm sure the guys will show you a great time. I've been over. They're a great little group of people. Of these 18 players, uh, our winner and the 5-0 was Mick Wendell with Ogres. But don't get too disheartened. 
it was a different ogre list to one we've seen previously. Mick was playing the Winterbite sub-faction, meaning you couldn't, you can't see ogres or yeti units outside of 12 inches, meaning that they could just hold objectives and you had to go beat them up to fight them, uh, to take them off objective. And that's difficult to do when there's a Frostlord and Stonehorn with the Arcane Tome and the Rotmane Ildar with flaming weapons running across at you to beat you up. He's also got an Icebrow Hunter, who's a general uh, with the command trait touched by the Everwinter, uh, and then a Blood Pelt Hunter as well with a gruesome trophy rack, meaning the Blood Pelt Hunter gets plus one to hit against uh, heroes and monsters, as does the single Iron Blaster in the list. And then rounding out the list is a unit of four Mournfang and 12 Ogre Gluttons. Now, he had... Uh, the Frost Sabres and Expert Conquerors, meaning the units of two Frost Sabres counted as six for holding objectives. He then had uh, a Command Entourage getting him the extra stuff. A very unique and interesting list. Uh, super fun. Um, it, Mick likes to play stuff that's fairly off-meta sometimes. Uh, so the Four Mordfang uh, is quite interesting as well. The Gargant Hackers uh, and then the Gluttons are just going to do a lot of damage. They're very good into the right matchup, those Gluttons. They have got a huge amount of attacks, two inch reach. They're going to do some really solid stuff. So you want to be really conscious of them um, and what they're going to do to beat you up. So shout out to... Uh, Mick for doing so well with a very off-meta ogre list. So that's now our like third iteration on an ogre list that's done well this week, which is interesting. Okay, we have got a exciting 4-1 bracket though because we have got age versus beauty. Solomon is a really young player over in Northern Ireland, but has represented the Northern Irish team already. Yeah, um, absolutely love Solomon. He was running Nighthaunt. He's got Scarlet Doom. He's got Guardian of Souls, a Spirit Torment, and a Cruel Gas Cruciator. Then he had 30 Blade Geist Revenants, four, uh, three lots of 10 Blade Geist Revenants, and then two lots of five Hex Race with some Chain Gasps. Uh, chain Gasts, sorry. And then the Purple Sun. Again, that Purple Sun, as I've told you in the previous time, I was talking about Nighthaunt. Affects your opponent, doesn't affect you. Seems like a bit of a no-brainer when Rend is a little bit light. 30 Blade Geist Revenants also are going to be doing Mortal Wounds when they charge in as are the other Blake Ice Revenants. And then the Hex Rate is also super useful for grabbing objectives, doing Desecrate, moving up the board, screening your opponent, all sorts of stuff for the Hex Wraith. Just going to do some crazy good stuff. And then just the minus one uh, damage Cruciator, Spirit Torment to replace mo models. Just ultimately just a very, very good list. Um, really, really exciting. Moving on to, so that was, that was Beauty. Moving on to Age. Yeah, and he's nowhere near old enough because he's such a star. Colin Cochrane! Let's go, Colin. Now, Colin was doing this for family. He has a list called the Fast and Furious 6, and it'll all make sense in moments. He has a Hammers of Sigmar Stormcast Eternals army with a Lord Relictor with translocation, a Lord Relictor who's a uh, magician, uh, thanks to the Arcane Tome, with the Master of Magic command trait, um, and then he's also got the Horrorgast in his list as well. He's got two Dracothian Guard Tempesters as battle line, and then two units of five Liberators. Um, the Tempesters obviously got the shooting to keep your opponents like screens, whittle them down, uh, which is quite useful as well. And then he's got one, two, three, four, five, and six Stormstrike Chariots running across the board all in the redemption brotherhood oh no not all in the redemption brotherhood three of them are in bounty hunters and they're legit a great combat unit they're 12 wounds on a three up armor save for 165 points and they do mortal wounds when they charge in devastating stuff really really useful uh, and really powerful he's also got that holy command call for aid which is really good as well 
Uh, so really fun, super fun list. Love that. That's wicked. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, everything coming out of Northern Ireland. If you get the chance to go over to go and uh, hang out at the Exploding Dice Gaming Club in Bangor, I would do it. I've done it. They're great dudes. Our final event of the day was in Italy. It's called the Weekend Warlord 6. And it had... Oh, actually, I don't know this information. It had 24 players playing in Italy. So you can find the event pack uh, here. Uh, and I'll include in the show notes if you read Italian and would like to read it. And the event was held, absolutely no lie, here. Uh, for podcast listeners, I'm describing what looks to be Azia or uh, where you would potentially film a Bond film. Like, it's just beautiful marble architecture. Uh, but, as the chap quite rightly pointed out, doesn't look like there's a single vape shop or Greg's within walking distance, so probably terrible. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, now, the event was won by Luca Onorati, and he was uh, representing the gaming club Il Covo. Il Covo. And his list was a Nurgle list in Drowned Men. He had Blood Rot Spawn, All Got Steam and Spew, a unit of 20 Playbearers, a unit of four Puskal Blight Lords, two units of two Puskal Blight Lords, and a unit of Plague Drones uh, in Bounty Hunters and a Battle Reg. The Bounty Hunters were, of course, the Puskal Blight Lords in those lists, doing crazy, crazy damage. Quality, quality stuff uh, coming out of Italy. Okay, just looking at the four ones, maybe the four ones, they were doing a differential system and I don't really need Italian, so I'm just going to read some lists out and tell everyone that uh, you should go play Warhammer in Italy, I guess, because they, they play apparently in the fucking Colosseum. Yeah, and it looks beautiful. Right, so uh, Leonardo Ravioli, no uh, no relation to the turtle, uh, was playing with Skaven. He had an Arch Warlock, a Plague Priest, and Thanquo. Two lots of 20 clan rats and 15 Plague Sensor Bearers. He had Geminids and Laquan, then 10 Plague Monks, six Storm Fiends uh, in his list. So obviously he's buffing up the Storm Fiends. Uh, he's going to move Laquan across the board. Yeah, and then he's screening with the clan rats uh, and then the Arch Warlock uh, and the, uh, the Storm Fiends are going to do a bunch of the damage. But 10 Plague Monks are a pretty great combat unit. So like, let's just be really serious about that. Then, interestingly, two of the 4-1 lists were the same. And... It was Gargants. Some people have been saying that Gargants aren't doing very well. And if you look at the TSN stats, they aren't. They're at like a 36% win rate, but maybe they haven't been thinking it through like the Italians. Two different lists that are basically the same. Triple War Stomper. Uh, in this version of the list, you have the General is monstrously tough with the Club of the First Oak, and then a War Stomper with Glowy Shield of Protectiveness. Then three a unit of three man crusher mob and a single man crusher mob uh so triple war stomper and the other version was the, literally the same triple war stomper same artifacts uh with uh the uh, man crusher mob again uh which is pretty crazy and then finally um the uh, being played by uh vincenzo naka I feel I got that right. Was playing Guild of Summoners. So you get up to nine fate points turn one. You're going to be able to summon a Lord of Change. He has a Cursling, a Change Caster, a Fate Master, a Magister, Bellacore, and a Great Bray Shaman. And then the first time you uh, get to nine fate points, you'll be able to put a, um, a Lord of Change on the board. He's going to give plus one cast to everyone around you and obviously gain access to his great spell, which is a pretty heavy damage dealing spell. Other than that, he's got three units of 10 pink horrors. And then the end of the spell, he's got the burning sigil, cogs, and normal spell portal. So it's a spell summoning castle uh, at the back of the board that's summoning uh, big ones. Um, anyway, 
that is all of the uh, lists from Italy. And that's all the uh, lists from the past few weeks. Because obviously I was away last week. And then it's probably going to be the last time we do Stat Center until the new year. Uh, with the way Christmas and other things land, and also there won't be any events. So uh, I'm going to do a uh, a wrap-up show, um, maybe later in the week, or it'll be next week. And I'm also going to talk to the stat guys, Ziggy and Rob, and we're going to um, I'm going to see if they've got kind of like a, an end-of-the-year wrap-up, which would be really fun to look at, um, and I'd quite like to do that. Although there was very recently uh, a bunch of stuff that were tweeted from the T-Sports Stat Center Twitter with a kind of like uh, wrap-up of a bunch of the uh, the kind of factions and where they are right now um we are about to go into christmas so not really many events and then we're about to go into a brand new season with a new ghb happening in january first couple of weeks of january is what we're expecting we think it's going to be the 14th of january with that said we've then got the gits and the beast of chaos book and a swath of other new battle tomes in with just a bunch of other battle tomes uh, coming out but it does seem like ogres and eumetrica are doing really well as maybe some of the other kind of big hitters specifically Nurgle, uh, are still floating about and still seem to be doing really good stuff. Beast of Chaos as well, but with a new book on the horizon, you kind of expect them to go away. So right now, the game's kind of on a pause, you know, like which is a nice time to take stock and evaluate uh, the armies that you're going to be playing, the armies you're going to play. And right now, I don't think you can really make many assessments because we really don't know how the new... Uh, season is going to play. We know that there's something to do with shooting characters and there's some sort of battalion that lets you shoot characters. So you can't shoot characters and then you might be able to shoot them with a battalion, but we don't really know how that works yet. And I'm sure we'll find more of that uh, as time comes on. Um, and then with the new books, we don't know how they're going to do either or what problem they're going to pose. I would say that the Iron Blasters uh, for Ogres are definitely posing a huge problem. At the weekend, I played here at the TSN Arena. I played a bunch of Ogre Lists and some Iron Blasters. And one of the things I would say is that you really should be nominating pieces of terrain as just blocking line of sight in any way. Like, just just blocks line of sight. If you draw a line across it, it just blocks line of sight. Doesn't matter on the number of wounds the model has, just blocks line of sight. I feel like that's a really healthy addition to your games and your tournaments if you're going to run tournaments next year. Um, I think that would be really positive, especially because that's a really easy way of changing the game state and making it so that people don't just lose huge models on the first turn feels like a massive negative. Uh, and I know that people here at the arena have said time and time again that they found it to be a huge positive. So uh, you really want to do that. And if you don't do that, then you, you're really just ruining the game for a lot of people. Um, that said, though, those Iron Blasters are going to be something that really are going to affect the shape of the meta and the game. Big monsters probably don't have a lot of life uh, on, like, they won't survive. So that's going to change stuff up pretty significantly. There's also a bunch of other shooting that's good as well. We've also got Slaves and Darkness to really hit the meta. We got, we're in a production cycle problem at the minute where um, they're going to land and they right now are still being built and painted. So we've got to wait to see what they look like when they actually make it to the tables. Nighthorn's still in there, hitting 4-1 brackets all the time. Sylvaneth dropping off, it seems. Um, not being quite as popular, which I think is going to be interesting. It'll be really fun. There's going to be some really big tournaments um, rocking up in the beginning of January, well, in January, towards the end of January. See how those meta representations look. Uh, see if the armies have changed, if some have become a lot less popular. Don't forget, you can go onto the T-Sport, uh, sorry, onto the uh, Honest Wargamer website and you can look at the stats and you can tra track the win rate and also the better representation of armies over time. It's super worth checking them out because, um, you know, you get a more like snapshot identity. They also differ a little bit to Games Workshop stats, stats um, and that's not be accusing Games shop of like padding or unpadding numbers uh, i'm just saying that those are the legit 
numbers. Like I can guarantee that our numbers are the legit numbers, which is a real positive. It's not meant to be throwing shade. It's just absolutely something to go and look at, which I think is really, really healthy. Um, and I would do that if I were you, uh, because then you get, and also this, the data is more readily available. You can look at um, sub-faction stuff, and you can look at uh, drop counts. You can look, look at T-whips. You can look at positive win rate potentials. It's just a whole bunch of data that no one else does. Uh, so again, shout out to Ziggy and Rob for producing those, because they're great people. If you'd like to support the show, you can obviously uh, support me on Patreon. Um, uh, that would be great. Uh, thanks to everyone in the Twitch chat for hanging out with me while we do this the best and thank you to uh, everyone who listens to the show uh, if you listen to the show all year or just new I want to thank you a lot especially if you listen to the podcast or listen to it on YouTube it means a lot to me and I super appreciate it so thanks oh uh, yeah you should aim to misbehave <laughs>